the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hello again and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. If you've been searching for a place to be spiritually fed, you have found it. Like you, we believe the Holy Bible contains the spiritual nourishment we need to become faithful servants God requires to help grow His kingdom here on earth. This program is part of an outreach ministry from Shepherd Church, located in Los Angeles, California. Our teaching pastor is Dudley Rutherford, and we join him right now with today's message. Today, I want to wrap up our final message in our series called Freedom. And we've looked at a sermon called Freedom from Anger, Freedom from Sin, Freedom from Debt. Last week, I preached a sermon called Freedom from Prejudice. And I hope uh, that uh, if you were not here last weekend, that you'll get a chance uh, to listen to that sermon on Freedom from Prejudice from last week. Today... I want to speak to you on this subject, freedom in America. This weekend, in the midst of all the fireworks and all the picnics and all of the hamburgers and the hot dogs that will be consumed, we come to church today to worship a living God who, according to Job chapter 12 and Daniel chapter 2, is the God who makes nations great, and who also destroys them. The Bible says that He's a God who enlarges nations, and He's a God that disperses nations. That He's a God who causes kings and kingdoms to rise and to fall. And it's in God's sovereignty that He chose to bless this country with the thing called freedom so we can clap at that so every year our nation celebrates god's goodness upon our lives and to remember our freedoms and to remember where those freedoms come from we rejoice that we are alive today You should be rejoicing that you're alive. You should be rejoicing that you live in a country where you are free. That you can worship as you choose to worship. That you can live the way you want to live. And then to express our gratitude to those who made all of this possible. I want to say happy birthday to America. You are only 245 years young. You're just a child among all the other nations. Your entire history expands only five generations. Did you know that? 
Thomas Jefferson, when he died, he was one of our founding fathers. When Thomas Jefferson died, Abraham Lincoln was 17 years of age. When Abraham Lincoln was assassinated, Woodrow Wilson was eight years of age. When President Wilson died, Ronald Reagan was 12 years of age. And when Ronald Reagan died on June the 5th, 2004, right over here in Bel Air, California, most of you here today were alive and remember that day. You are the fifth generation of this nation's history. Now, America is not perfect. I'll say that to you again because we are criticized for many, many things. Some we rightfully deserve. America is not a perfect country. But just so you know, there is no perfect nation. Just like there is no perfect church, there is no perfect company, and there is no perfect person in this world. Yet there's a reason, there is a reason why the world is trying to come here. It is still the greatest place in the world to live. I really wish some of you who didn't believe that would just go to North Korea and live there for about six months. And come back. And you'd have a whole different perspective on this country. Only in America can pizza get to your house faster than an ambulance. (laughs) Only in America do people all day long order a double cheeseburger, a large fry, and a Diet Coke. Only in America do we park cars that are worth thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars out on the driveway, and yet we fill our garage full of junk, which nobody wants. (laughs) Only in America do we have banks where they, they open up both doors to the vault. They're wide open, and then they chain those little plastic pins to the countertop. Only in America do we make the sick people at the drugstore walk all the way back to the back of the room. And the healthy people can grab candy and sunscreen as soon as you walk in the front door. Still, we are blessed to live in this country because of freedom. I want you to write this down. I want to talk about just the price of freedom as I begin. And I want to look specifically at our national liberty and the national liberty which we all are thankful for should be thankful for was costly I want to say something you've heard this but I want you to hear me say it freedom isn't free everybody wants free stuff freedom isn't free I mentioned this a few weeks ago about a debt that we all owe to the million plus soldiers who have fought and died in wars for our national and personal freedoms. I do think and I do believe it's important that we never forget those who paid the ultimate sacrifice for our freedoms that we so cherish. I have a poem that I want to read to you. It's called The Price of Freedom. It was written by a woman by the name of Shannon Hansen. And I just want to read this to you. 
She said some were ready and prepared. Others were so young and so naive. Some of them chose to serve our country. Others had no choice. They were called to serve. And as they hugged and kissed their loved ones by, their hearts were heavy and tears filled their eyes, not knowing if they would be coming back home or if they would die. It was all so unknown. As they prepared to fight for our freedom, we prayed to God for their safety. They all left their loved ones and their lives that they had known. They departed to an unfamiliar land, risking their lives and making so many sacrifices, being away from family and friends, giving up what most can't even comprehend. The horrors and atrocities that our veterans faced and endured, you may not ever know or totally understand, they protected our rights, our freedom, and the rights of others so that we could have and enjoy freedom in our land. Some came home to a hero's welcome. Others didn't come home at all. They made the ultimate sacrifice. Some came home and were disgracefully shunned. Others have been so shamefully forgotten. All of our veterans served our country with great pride and true honor. There is a price for freedom which they all so graciously paid. They all greatly deserve to be remembered and honored. After all, they are truly America's heroes. Let's thank the Lord for those who paid that sacrifice. And besides our national liberty, I want to talk about the fact that our spiritual liberty was costly. I have three passages of Scripture there, Psalm chapter 22, Isaiah chapter 52 and 53, and Matthew chapter 27. And oh, how I wish we could take the time to read through all those Scriptures. They're there for you to study. But these three uh, passages all describe in great detail what Jesus went through when he died upon that cross in order to set us free from our sins. Sin binds, sin blinds. Sin is what keeps us out of heaven. It destroys us physically and spiritually. Sin is our biggest problem Jesus suffers a horrible horrible death on the cross for you and for me to set us free according to Psalm 22 if you've ever really read it uh, the psalmist uses an analogy of a lion tearing his prey to pieces to explain what Jesus's body looked like His bones were all out of their joints and sockets. His tongue was stuck to the roof of his mouth from thirst. His hands and his feet were pierced with nails. Isaiah 52 explains that his appearance was marred beyond human likeness. And besides the physical suffering was the emotional stress that he endured. And all of it was for our sins and for our wrongdoings. Matthew 27 explains in detail how Jesus was mocked and how he was stripped and how he was beaten. He hangs on a cross in humiliation with a crown of thorns, with uh, his beard having been plucked and a spear thrust into his side. And on the cross, he's bearing in his body all the sins of all the people for all of time. Have you ever sinned and felt the weight of that sin or the guilt 
of that sin or the remorse of that sin or the consequences of that sin. Jesus on the cross takes the weight and the guilt of your sin, my sin, times the number of people who will ever dwell on this planet called earth. All of those sins were cast upon him. It was a heavy, heavy toll placed upon Jesus. 1 John 2, 2, we read this a couple of weeks ago, that he is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for our sins, but also for the sins of the entire world. 1 Peter 1, verse 18 and 19 says, For you know that it was not with perishable things, such as silver or gold, that you were redeemed or purchased from the empty way of life, handed down to you from your forefathers, but it was with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. Jesus had never, ever sinned. And yet on the cross, he takes all of the sins we've ever committed and all of the sins we will ever commit. And he takes them upon himself. Can you understand that? Can you comprehend that? Can you fathom that? Can you wrap your little mind around that? And 1 Peter 1 verse 20 tells us that before the creation of the world, before this world was ever created, God in heaven knew that one day his son would come and die and pay the penalty in full for all of our sins. That, that's called unconditional love. That's called amazing grace is what that's called. And we should always be thankful and grateful for those who died for our national freedoms. But even greater than that should be our gratefulness and thankfulness for Jesus who gave up his life so that you and I might be set free from our sins. Amen? Let's clap for that. So we have the price of freedom. Now I want to talk about the walk of freedom. The walk of freedom. How we walk, how we live. The early founders of our country paid a tremendous price to establish our independence and freedom. There were 56 men who signed the Declaration of Independence, a document that ensures our freedoms as central to our way of life. I'm not even sure they fully understood. I I, got to believe they, they, they tried to understand, but this document I've actually seen is housed in the National Archives Museum in Washington, D.C. You've got to wait in a long line, but it's worth going to see that document. And in this document, it reads that all men are created equal, endowed by our Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among them are life and liberty and the pursuit of happiness. They wrote those words and they signed their names. I don't know if you've ever read the Declaration of Independence, but down at the very last paragraph, right above their names is a a, a phrase in the last paragraph where they make these vows it actually says we make these vows and they make these vows to the supreme judge of the world now who would the supreme judge of the world be well that would be God and in the last line the last line of the declaration of independence you might be able to see it part of it on the screen it says that for the support of this declaration with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence. Who's that? It's God. They then said, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, 
our fortunes and our sacred honor just the opposite of what politicians pledge today most of them were true to their vows five were captured and tortured by the British before they died 12 of them had their homes ransacked and burned to the ground two of them lost their sons in the American Revolution nine of them fought and died from wounds in the Revolutionary War many of them died bankrupt and in poverty now secular education tries to rewrite the story I will give it to you that some were a few a few were agnostics they act like all of them were agnostics no most of the founding fathers were men who believed in God and they believed in the Bible John Quincy Adams John Quincy Adams the second president of the United States said that from the time of the Declaration of Independence, the American people were bound by the laws of God and the laws of the gospel of Jesus Christ, which they all acknowledge as the root of their conduct. We all came together to obey the Word of God. George Washington said these words, reason and experience both forbid us to expect that national morality can exist apart from religious principle. Patrick Henry said it cannot be emphasized too strongly or too often that this great nation was founded not by religionists but by Christians, not on religion but on the gospel of Jesus Christ. Did you know that the framework of our nation's government was patterned after the Bible? Did you know that? First of all, our law, the laws of this land, the laws of the United States of America are based on the Ten Commandments found in Exodus chapter 20. In fact, even today, most laws today are still based on the laws of God found in the Word of God. They can all be traced back. Secondly, there are branches. We have three branches of government, the executive, the legislative, and the judicial. You know where that idea came from? came from the Bible. Specifically, this verse, I'll show it to you. Isaiah chapter 33, verse 22, that the Lord is our judge, the Lord is our lawgiver, the Lord is our king, it is he who will save us. Those words were written almost 3,000 years ago. And when we established this country, we looked at that verse and we chose and, and, and thought through those different branches. You can write this down. Judge basically describes the judicial branch. Lawgiver explains the legislative branch. And of course, we don't have a king. We have a president, but king represents the executive branch. These men studied the Word of God. I will give it to you that I'll agree with you that we today are not a Christian nation. But we were founded on Christian principles. When the very first Continental Congress met, and they were debating about how the Declaration of Independence should be written, they came to a standstill. And it was Ben Franklin who said these words. He said, gentlemen, if it is true that not one single petal from any flower falls to the ground without escaping God's attention, and they all believed that that was true. He said, if that's true, will the distress of this nation go unheeded? Let us therefore determined to seek God's face and after that the 56 signers of the declaration 
went to their knees and began to pray to seek God's wisdom and to seek God's direction. Now, we have drifted a long ways. We have, we have drifted a long ways from being a nation whose leaders are sensitive and dependent upon God, where the leaders collectively get down on their knees and ask God for wisdom. We're no longer that. We have removed God from the public square. We have removed God from our schools, where the Bible used to be a textbook in the schools. We've decided that babies in the womb don't have the opportunity for right, the right for life and liberty. In fact, we've outlawed Bible reading and prayer, or really any mention of God in our schools. We in this country, we take things that are absolutely 100% evil, and we now promote that, promote it as being good. And then the things that are good which the Bible, Christians, people like you, Jesus, well, that's all considered to be bad in this country today. I've got a photo of this girl. This, this was just recently, uh, just in the last few weeks. This girl, you know, they make the kids wear a mask, go to school. So she, she had a mask that said, Jesus loves me. And they wouldn't let her go to school with that mask on. Because that mask was offensive. It was divisive. It was considered wrong. Now, Pride Month is perfectly acceptable and promoted and taught to children ad nauseum. But wearing a mask that simply says that Jesus loves me is unacceptable. That's the world we're living in today. And you can write this down because this is what our government needs to know and what our school boards need to know is that righteousness is what exalts a nation. Righteousness is what exalts a nation. Proverbs 14 verse 34 says righteousness exalts a nation but sin is a disgrace to any people. If we want to change the way America is headed, we as a nation must get on our knees and we must repent of our sins and turn to God and live righteous lives. James 5.16 says it's the prayer of a righteous man that is powerful and effective. We have, we have many sins. I, I, I say we have many sins as a nation. I talked about some of them last weekend. I, I, I hope you'll listen to that message. But pornography is a curse upon this nation. Abortion is a curse upon this nation the breakdown of the family unit is another anchor around our necks confusing children the things that children are taught today or not taught i i mean to tell you the children should be taught about their creator they should be taught about the word of god they should be taught about the way god created them to be It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every day. We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. If Pastor Dudley's message has been a blessing to you, we would like to encourage you to consider joining in partnership with us so we can continue to be here every day to bless others with this important ministry. Your gifts, whether large or small, are greatly appreciated and go directly to help keep us on the air. 
You can find out more about supporting us by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. We have operators standing by and ready to take your call. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. We live in the most distracted culture in the history of the world. We see about 10,000 messages every day. We even touch our phones about 2,000 times a day. We're literally being overwhelmed with information. That's why there's no better time than right now for Dudley Rutherford's remarkable new book, One Thing, Rediscover a Simpler Faith in Our Complicated World. In this timely book, Pastor Dudley invites you to open your Bible and look closely at seven key passages of Scripture where you'll find the beautifully uncomplicated phrase, One Thing. These Scriptures will quiet all the noise that you're hearing and call you back to a simpler faith. Dudley Rutherford has discovered the secret of how to focus our lives on the one thing that matters. What if you could find that simplicity? It's waiting out there, and this is your roadmap to freedom. Contact Lift Up Jesus today and get your copy of One Thing, the book that could finally change everything. I'm Kyle Welch, inviting you to join us tomorrow at this same time as we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.